When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that puts a tracker in the jokes we tell so we can find the humor later. It's Sifpa. Welcome to Sip Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays. are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Rip him apart. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he's tired of me calling him my dude. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Ahoy. Each week, we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Uh, hi, Andrew. What is Hello. on your mind this week? Couple movies are on my mind. <laughs> well, one we'll in particular, talk about those. one in particular. But other than that, no, I, uh, no, I've just been chilling. You know, it's been a hot minute since you and I have run into each other. You know, mm-hmm. about it's coming up on twenty four hours. I mean, that's <laughs> yes, in the life of a fly, that's an eternity. It makes a lot of sense. We attend the same theater. That every once in a while, we would book the same showing, and uh, yeah, and yeah, it happened yesterday. So that's es- always fun, especially with these kind of movies where you know it's not a major release, so it's not like fifteen showings in a day, right? With right, a movie right. like a, we're talking about Bo is Afraid, yeah. It's a movie that you're going to have like maybe one or two theaters for. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, about it. That's so. true. That's true. And we both have to see it by today. So, you know, yeah. we didn't really have too many shots at it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll, we'll talk about Bo is Afraid and we will talk about Ghosted as well, which is on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, we'll also do some best ever ghost movies and, of course, a buried treasure, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, before we get into any of that, another reminder that the summer sum game is happening again it is back uh and if you would like to get your picks in you can do that right now just go to sifpop.com and click on where it says the summer sum game and once you do that you will be taken to a place to pick your one through ten and three wild cards to try to determine what will make the most money domestically this summer so uh the explanation is there 
So if you just go to siftpop.com and click on the Summer Sum Game, you should be good to go. Um, we will next week, on next week's episode, we will be revealing our Summer Sum Game picks. That will be the entire episode. Uh, it will be Andrew and I, as well as some guests, uh, making our assumptions on what will make money this summer. So we will get those uh, on record on the podcast, as well as, of course, uh, at the website, too, uh, so they can be tallied in. We will, of course, have a winner, and the winner will get to say anything they want within reason. Uh, on uh, the they will have me say anything they want within reason on the podcast. Uh, so yeah, so feel free to go ahead and join at sifpop.com slash nothing. <laughs> just, there is no hyperlink. For there is no sum. hyperlink for it. Just go to sifpop.com and click on where it says uh, yeah. the summer sum game, and that should get you to <laughs> the right place. So. So yeah, there you go. We're excited for that. I'm excited for it. Uh, it's been oh, several yeah. years since we've done it, and it's always kind of a fun thing to do. So we enjoy it. I'm kind of hoping that my luck has changed because normally, as you know, I'm really good at Oscar picks, but I'm horrible at Summer Sum Game. Mm. I didn't do too great this year during the Oscar picks. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully my luck has shifted to where Just reversed, sum. right? Now you're yeah, amazing exactly. at the Summer Sum Game. Okay. Exactly. We'll, we'll see how that goes. That should be amazing. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this week we have pretty boring movies to talk about. Just yeah. middle of the road, nothing interesting happening, uh, but I guess we can talk about them anyway. If we uh, have to. If we have to. Uh, let's talk about Bo is Afraid. It's mom. I'm just calling to say that I'm so, so, so excited to see you tomorrow. You're my angel and I love you. Okay. I love you. Okay, bye, sweetie. I love you. Are you at the airport? I'm on my way. I just... It's not safe, is it? What do you think I should do? I'm sure you'll do the right thing, sweetheart. I've taken the entirety of the Bo is Afraid uh, description from the IMDb, and it says this. A paranoid man embarks on an epic odyssey to get home to his mother. Uh, that's all you need to know about Bo is Afraid. Yeah. Just a simple movie. Just a simple yeah. movie about getting back to mom. Uh, let's start here, Andrew. What did you think? Ari, uh, Ari Aster's third movie, I believe. He's just yeah. done uh, Hereditary in, in Midsummer, uh, So this is his third and of course, Joaquin Phoenix uh, in the main role of Bo. Uh, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Before I answer that, I do want to give people uh, some background on where I am with Ari Aster, mm -hmm, like sure. in his movies and stuff. Hereditary, really don't like it. I think it's pretentious horror. Midsommar, I really just couldn't get into it. Like, I didn't find the uh, the characters intriguing or anything, and I just think the payoff was minimalistic. Yeah. Bo was afraid. <clears throat> absolutely love it. Loved it. In yeah, the loved, loved it. it camp. Uh, you? For me, I'm struggling to get into it was okay. I'm currently in didn't like it. Um, and we'll talk about some of the reasons why. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, you loved it. So tell, tell me about why you loved Bo is afraid. I've never felt more seen by a movie. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Like if you... Like, I think most of our audience knows this, but in, just in case they don't, a couple years ago, I had to step away from the show because I had a mental health breakdown. Mm -hmm. uh, it was rough, and I've always struggled to 
have people understand what it was like. This movie is so shockingly close. It's as if Ari Aster was uh, like following me around <laughs> and like, uh, like uh, obviously like, yeah, I did like have visual and auditory hallucinations and everything like that, but nothing to this extreme that it is. Mm-hmm. But the feeling that Joaquin Phoenix's character, Bo, feels throughout this entire movie is so genuine and relatable to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dump 36 plus years of emotional trauma on you guys to where you, <laughs> you can understand where I relate sure, to this movie. Sure, sure. But I wanted to let you know that from me, and actually, uh, we I'm, I'm not going to out who this person is, but uh, you and I went and saw this movie with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that person said, yeah, Ari Aster definitely understands how, you know, how to make a movie for people who struggle with like mental health, like in a relatable way. It felt so genuine. Uh, You could have me list uh, and I'll just, before I say this, um, I, I think uh, it is, it is really one of the main reasons I'm glad to hear you say the things you're saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And really glad to have your perspective here because you could have me list a thousand words to describe this movie and I wouldn't get to relatable. (laughs) (laughs) Relatable would not even be in the first thousand. Uh, And as I was watching this movie, I had that feeling that this is a movie made for a specific demographic. It is not for the wide audience. Maybe Ari Aster was making, and I'm just, you know, speculating here. Maybe Ari Aster was making a movie. I don't know if he deals with mental health issues at all, but he tried to make a movie that was so real for us, but could possibly also give some people some insight into what it feels like to be in the mind of somebody who struggles mm-hmm. with these kind mm-hmm. of issues. Yeah. So, my question for you for this movie is, did you sympathize or did you feel any vicariousness of watching Bo? Like the fear that he's going through, the anxiety, any of that stuff. Did you feel any of that? Um, I will answer that uh, with a paragraph and not just a yes or no. Um And I will say before I get into it, as you much did, my experience with... uh with Aster is that there when hereditary when I saw hereditary, I was like, Nope, not for me. Um yeah. I don't I don't like the vibe. I don't like the tone. I don't uh I don't um I can't if it can, wasn't for Tony Collette it would be one of the worst movies. <laughs> yeah. The performances are great. Performances yeah. are great. But but what is the point here? What are we trying to do here? Thank you. Uh when I saw Midsummer, I was like completely on board totally get the point of that movie totally understand what we're doing here um does it do it in ways that aren't necessarily geared towards me yes i i I would admit that but i have a lot of respect for midsummer um and have actually watched it again uh recently a friend wanted to watch it and so i watched it again which is interesting because it's as a movie i kind of said no i'll probably never watch it again even though i kind of like it i think Mm. i've seen it four times now uh wow you must really love that bear suit (laughs) um but there's something about the the themes in that movie that that I think really works I, i understand i think i understand what's being communicated there and not only that, uh, the story that's happening in front of me. 
the the bow is bow is afraid the reason mm-hmm. it is hard for me to vicariously experience whatever you know Ari Aster or Ari Aster is trying to do here is because I don't I, it's kind of an in between the two but I don't think this movie actually tells its story in a way that I can connect to the reality of the story so it it emphasizes metaphor and vibe and tone over an, over any kind of understanding any kind of um and, and when I say that I mean story understand I mean like plot right like I'm talking sure. plot and this is plot is not the be all end all of movies I know that uh, I believe that yeah. but it does it, it does have a way you know like when I think of midsummer like I know the plot of, I know what's happening to these actual people in this story and then I know what the relationship that has to the metaphor and the themes and those kind of things that are being told even hereditary I know what's happening in the plot of that story it's a little more convoluted and a little more out there and it stretches a little more I think than midsummer does um but uh it's his most out there movie but it, but it is really out there whereas bo is afraid i don't even know that it exists there there are entire missing elements of in by the way this is likely intentional there are entire missing elements of story that disconnect me from the ability to understand bo as an actual human being mm-hmm. um and i you know and it it's not like it can't be done because I think of the father is, I think, a good example of this, of the unreliable narrator, the unreliable, you know, we're in the head of somebody who is struggling with something, even as as sporadic and um, uh, untrustworthy as that story is told. I understand the story of what is happening, like in the real world, like the authenticity of the real world. I don't know what's happening in this real world. I like I have no clue what's going on in this real world and I don't think the movie is interested in helping me understand that and that's okay but when it comes down to it it makes it more difficult for me to as you ask like put myself in the the position of Bo because he doesn't seem like a real person to me. Can I kind of say a pretentious retort to that. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. So a favorite kind of retort. I'm saying that apologies in advance, but don't you think that for him, this is a reality? Like you saying that this isn't a real world and stuff like that. What about for Bo? This is his reality. So it might not be a reality for you, but this is what he goes through every single day. And that's why I brought the that's why I brought the father in as a kind of a comparison, because yeah. because yes, yeah. there's there's a way to say this is the reality they are experiencing, and also giving me an end to understand what the actual story is and what I'm what I'm supposed to be able to take away from it. Um, and I don't I don't this I don't think this movie has many inlets. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to contemplate for a general audience, uh, for, I, I just don't think it's there. I just don't think it's there. Um, there, there's not a lot of access to understanding, um, what reality is. We, un- I think we understand if it, we both assume, and we are making an assumption 
but we are on the same page. We both assume that this is the addled mind of Bo that we are experiencing. We are experiencing his anxiety and his paranoia and um, how he interprets uh, his relationship to his mother. Um, I mean, this is Mommy Issues the movie. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't there, it doesn't get much more Oedipus Rex than this. Like this is, yeah. you know. Uh, I mean, lo- he still had his eyes at the end. of the thing, so. <laughs> Fair, fair. Yeah. Um, but you know, some people in our audience <laughs> wish they didn't have theirs <laughs> after the end this end of this. Um, but uh, but yeah, so like, there's. I think we are making the assumption, and I uh, I we agree on it that, that we are in his adult mind. That's yeah. fine. What what is difficult for me is to understand this person as a human being because I don't understand the comparative nature of what the real situation is versus ha- what his perception of it is. I'm only locked into his perception. Um, so, well, yeah. I think that the movie is not only a metaphor for mental health, but it's also a metaphor primarily, I think what the movie's trying to say is how people seek out help for mental care. I think that that's what this entire movie is about. Like we see, um, you know, him uh, looking for assistance from medical professionals. Then we see him, you know, looking for help from new age medicine. You know, there's different ways of him, you know, trying to find help. And then therapy at the very beginning, you know, Mm Uh, it's, it's pretty much like the struggle for, uh, him to find some semblance of peace. And there's something I'm really going to try and be, uh, talk around this, but do you want to do a spoil important. on this? Do you want, do you want to have some? Actually, I kind of do. No, I right, really do. It. We'll, do. Just, we'll yeah. do it. So we, we can save some of it for, for spoilers and, okay. and chat a little bit about spoiler stuff. Cause there's some, there's some stuff towards the end that I don't want to give away either that I'd like to talk about. So I mean the giant monster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yeah. indeed. I do mean the giant monster. No, I actually did not mean the giant monster, but, uh, but yeah, now you do. Now I do. <laughs> No idea. Um, you, have, uh, you have negatives abound, I'm sure, then well, let besides me talk the about, one they've already some positives. Let me talk about some positives. Uh, yeah. I think Joaquin Phoenix is a great actor. I don't think I'm breaking Wait, any, what? I don't think I'm breaking <laughs> any news here. Uh, and yeah. so he's he's always interesting to watch. He also chooses very interesting projects and does not have a good batting average with me uh, on the projects, the interesting projects he chooses. Uh, Inherent Vice is one of my least favorite movies of all time. I, was, I hate that movie a lot. I, I was getting Inherent Vice, he, uh, Inherent Vice vibes here a little bit on occasion just because, you know, of, of how much the stuff didn't seem to connect to me. Or I thought it was Joker's uh, <laughs> uh, uh, cut scenes, you know, the cut scenes from Joker. Yeah, right. Sure, yeah. sure. Well, and Joker's another one that did not yeah. really work for me. And um, you don't and like the master either. And the master is another one. I mean, the master would be, would be towards the top of those in more along mm. the lines of, oh, I, you know, more, I to, I get more why that movie works than why some of the others do. Mm. Um, and, and I do have some that I like that most people don't. I say most people don't. I, that's just, you know, my <laughs> assumption, but like the there's village. a little indie movie called gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, the village is one of my favorite movies and there are a lot of people mm. that really don't like that movie, but, um, but he makes interesting choices and I love that. And I think if I had to give an overall positive for this movie outside of his performance, I just, I like big swings and I cannot lie. 
uh you know like they the when when a director or an actor even is willing to just go for it man do i love that man do i want to encourage that i i want to go to a movie and just be like yeah you went for it uh and this is definitely a you went for it movie yeah um i think broadening that metaphor of a big swing which I relate to baseball, right? Like you take a big swing in baseball, yeah, like you want to hit yeah. it out of the park. Yeah, uh, it's not when you take a big swing. It's not. Uh, it's not a dichotomy. It's not either you hit a home run or you strike out. You can take a big swing and not make full contact, right? And the issue when you take a big swing is when you don't make full contact, you have no idea where that ball is going, right? Like there are a million different directions and speeds and and whatever that it could go. And so that's what kind of makes a, a big swing like this really frustrating for me is it makes partial contact and it just makes it so difficult for me um, to really follow it into, you know, figure out what's going on. It'd be one thing if I felt like it was a big swing and a miss, I'd just be like, that's just bad. Like, I just didn't connect with this at all. But, um, but this is a big swing that I think makes partial contact. I think the, uh, the walking across the, the street to get a bottle of water scene, I'll just call it that. Um, I wanted more of that in this movie instead of this movie for me, kind of, uh, swam between uh, Midsummer, which was like both story and metaphor, and mm-hmm. uh, Mother, which is Mother, which is primarily metaphor. There's not really a lot of cogent story there. It's really all about the metaphor, and because it didn't kind of go one way or the other, I was I was having a hard time kind of putting myself into it. But there are moments I really, really uh, thought were were. Uh, interesting and positive and that I could process or understand. Um, But then, man, the last, I'm just going to say 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes. By the way, this is a three hour movie, right? It is a long movie, but I, I, I liked every minute of it because (laughs) I could, I could, I say liked every minute of it. I related to every minute of it. Sure. Sure. So Uh, I'd be curious in our sip spoiler to talk about how you related to the last 30 minutes because I have no clue. I mean, uh, other than the last scene, which is so on the nose, I don't know how you would miss what it's about. uh, The, the final moments, but uh, like the 20 minutes preceding that I have uh, like, I am so lost. So I'm interested to hear like uh, how you connect to, to that stuff. I'll say um, this, and it's I'll say this for people who don't want to listen to Sif Spoil, but hopefully this will give you some idea of like uh, what I will be talking about in the Sif Spoil. Okay. Is that the the scenes that we're talking about here? There's like the the medical scene, and the reason why they all feel so different is because they all embody different aspects of panic attacks. Don't feel the same way every single time. Panic right. attacks are fluid, and they're uh, they're ever changing, you know, mind changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's what this movie, especially the ending is trying to say your inability to focus on not the end, 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 end. Sure. That's, that's straight up one topic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but leading up to that with the monster and everything, I think that's what, that is exactly what it feels like when you're like in the middle of a panic attack. Nothing makes sense. Everything is out to get you. 
there's nowhere safe you're afraid. And so I think that this movie is not going for the visual uh, stimuli, I guess is the best way to call it, to make you understand or like know that this is what like he sees and everything. This is what our character feels. So however the character is feeling, that's how somebody in the world is trying is dealing with something right now. So I think that this movie basically is Ari Aster's best attempt to help everybody in the world who doesn't struggle with these issues kind of get an idea of what it feels like and sometimes looks like. I I appreciate that, and I want you to know, and I think I've already uh, said it at least in a roundabout way, but I'll say it again as explicitly as I can. I would never undermine someone's perspective uh, on this in in the – the beauty that comes from seeing someone put on screen something that you have felt but not known how to express in that way. And that's that's a really powerful, beautiful thing. And I'm really glad you you had that experience. Yeah. And I, I know you're not saying that like uh, just because you didn't get it or you've never felt anything like that. I'm not saying you haven't, but I'm not saying that your opinion isn't valid because at the end of the day, we are reviewing a movie. Mm-hmm. And we have to give our honest opinions on whether this movie for us was good or not. Mm-hmm. So I I really do feel like, and I'm over I'm overusing this comp, and I I apologize, but I really do feel like I came away from the father with a greater understanding of what it might be like to have uh, dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, and I do not feel like I came away from this movie feeling like I have a greater understanding of what it would be go like what it would be like to go through panic attacks or anxiety. Um, yeah. And I think I've, I've tried to put my finger on that. Um, it may be, it may be a me problem. So like, I'm, I'm totally aware of that, but I just, it was like, I couldn't, I couldn't gather what was, you know, the reality of the feeling versus uh, what was, you know, fictional. And that was, so it was hard for me to understand the relationship. I'll, I'll, I'll give you something, and I do. I've said this about every other Ari Aster movie too. I think that he is walking the line for me of just pretentiousness plus whatever topic he wants to talk about, whether mm-hmm. it be you know horror or anxiety or you know any other metaphor he's doing. There's always a level of artisticness or heightened artisticness that he somehow, I guess. It's not universally accessible. I'll just say that he's he has a very very particular style of filmmaking. And I, if you it, don't it, like it, then it, well, and it's all. But it's also the reason. Like I can come away from a a, a movie like this in a director who I've disliked two of their movies and liked one of them and go, please keep giving this person money to make movies. It's always going to be interesting. It's always going to at least take a swing and I'm going to be able to come away from it and, uh, and go, that was an experience. Even if overall it's not an experience I would enjoy going back to or uh, enjoyed having at the time. So I've never watched one of his movies and walked away with nothing to say about it. Sure, exactly. <laughs> That's a good thing. I like that. He is a conversation starter when it comes to his movies. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's great. That's something that uh again, I think is valuable and I I want to uh to encourage. Um it's just hard for me to 
like a movie like this when I do feel uh, so lost uh, for a lot of the time. I did want to talk a little bit about, you mentioned pretension, I would say self-indulgence. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about self-indulgence because, uh, you know, I've seen a little discourse on, you know, some people coming away from this movie going, it's so self-indulgent, What you know, why would I enjoy this? And the response being, well, what do you want from a director? You know, do you want them to uh, be so audience focused that they abandon what they're trying to say or the art they're trying to make? And I think the uh, my honest answer to that is no. I want self indulgence is fine if that's the intent. Like, here's the thing: I think uh, Astor made exactly the movie he wanted to make. I, I genuinely believe what I saw on screen for those three hours is what he wanted me to see. Right. Because it's yes. what he wanted to put up there. I also believe he didn't think of me for a second when he was making that movie. And I don't just mean the individual actual Aaron Dicer wasn't in his mind. I mean, I don't think the audience was in his mind. No, he made this movie for him. For himself. That's self-indulgence. And that's okay as long as it's also okay for me to go, well, then, you know, it it missed me. <laughs> like, And that's, that's okay, too, uh, because there are some some consequences to not thinking more about the commercial value or the audience reaction or what a general audience might want. There is a balance to have there. But if you want to make just the movie you want to make, if that's your be all and end all goal, go for it. That's great. And I will look at your art and I will go, wow, that's art. And you did something. Don't enjoy it necessarily, but well, you know, way to go. Um, you to acknowledge, you acknowledge it at least. Um, to me, it, it, a very interesting pair of movies we have today, but but the the second movie we will get into is an example of the opposite perspective. In totally what can... so different. <laughs> we could not have picked two completely opposite movies. To but I'm talking specifically review. in how it it approaches the audience, how it approaches the the reason it's making the movie, the reason it's doing the things it's doing. Um, you know, Bo, Bo is afraid is, uh, ignores the audience. And, uh, the second movie we will talk about is, um, you know, it feels like it was maybe, um, screen designed by AI dollars. to get the highest, you know, <laughs> like, a so trigger words to so yeah, get people so to go spoilers on it. our next review. But, uh, but that, yeah. but I thought it was worth bringing up here as a comparison between the, uh, the, the two films. And I, I can respect either because in either case, you're going with a goal. The question then becomes, how does that hit me? Are you successful? Um, it's almost worse if you're going into it as a goal of pleasing the audience and I'm still not pleased. That's almost worse than just going, here's the thing I made because I wanted to make it. I don't care how you feel. <laughs> like that's Oh, Last Jedi. <laughs> Sure. I'm here to st I'm here to start some problems. <laughs> <laughs> was that Ryan Johnson singing, or was that you? No, that was me. But I like I like that you're able to admit that now. <laughs> uh, but no, I think no. Everything you said is completely valid, especially whenever you're making the comparison to this movie and then the other movie that we're reviewing. Yeah, one hundred percent. The uh, the mentality Ari Aster had going into this movie, as opposed to the maybe the mentality that Chris Evans and uh, Anya de Armas, I forget, I forgot the name of the director of this. Sorry, I'm looking it up right now. No, but uh, I guarantee you, whenever they uh, Dexter Fletcher, I guarantee you, um, the the concept of 
how about we make a movie for us? Mm-hmm. Never once entered their mind. Yeah. Never once. Um, uh, you know, I think we've we've talked big and broad. Are there any details you wanted to to focus on? And I don't mean like you know spoiler i just mean like details of whatever you know score or writing or any of that kind of stuff um i guess my one big negative is that i do think that this movie does lose sight of itself during parts and i'll say maybe there's a new age play section of the movie that Mm -hmm. was more art house than actually saying something like a it's the only part of the movie where i was watching it going okay yeah i could this is maybe this is just a element that i've never experienced so it's something that i just can't relate to but this one part of the movie i'm just going no i just don't i don't get it yeah I, this is going to be your favorite part of the movie isn't no, it? no 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 <laughs> yeah it's interesting because it's kind of where the movie lost me, like where I was like, okay, so I'm never getting in on this movie mm. because there's, and again, believe me, I understand that this is all likely intentional. That does not change the way it impacts me. Um, that story is beautiful and shot yeah. interestingly, makes some interesting choices with how the perspective shifts, like really love all that stuff. And it also tells a story that is so dissimilar to anything we see before and after with some connecting points, but like is overall, like if you're, if you are looking for like, um, reality clues, uh, there's, there are just different weird things that that does. And by the way, I'm also not saying that in Ari Aster's mind that he has, reasons for all of this he might like all of this could make sense to there may be a key he has that unlocks what every single thing in here means that's fine i'm just telling you as an audience member it didn't feel like i was led there um and specifically the play section of the movie was the section i was like oh you're you are absolutely not interested in me understanding anything uh so as as quote unquote cool as it might have been yeah yeah okay um, I don't really have a lot more to say uh, other than stuff we can say in, in the, the sift spoil. Um, yeah. So maybe we kind of pause it there. Do you have uh, in one last thing? Well, there's no post credit scene, but there's <laughs> just a scene. Like the whole credits is one scene that has absolutely nothing going on during it. But I was raptured for the entire bit of it because I'm just waiting. It's funny because I'm waiting till the end of the credits and the only uh, the only thing going over and over in my head is just please, please hope, hope, hope. <laughs> That's all that was going through my head during the whole credits. We'll talk about that more in uh, in the Sif Spoil, I'm sure. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yes, no technical post-credit scene. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, that's Bo is afraid. Let's talk about the other side of the coin, shall we? Let's, Let's do it. talk a little bit about ghosted. When I wake up, well, I know I'm gonna be. I'm Her name is Sadie. Weeks, I'm next to you. I mean, I know this sounds crazy, but I think she might be the one. Yeah, I know I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you. She really is great. You'll see. Any word? She ghosted him. 
I bet she isn't even seeing your text. She does travel a lot for work. Go to her. I'm going to London. Salt of the earth, Cole falls head over heels for enigmatic Sadie, but then makes the shocking discovery that she's a secret agent. Before they can decide on a second date, Cole and Sadie are swept away on an international adventure to save the world. Apple TV Plus is where you can find Ghosted. Ana de Armas, Chris Evans, as mentioned in this. Uh, Amy Sedaris, Adrian Brody uh, taking main roles as well. And uh, some fun cameos uh, throughout. Um, a so, lot of them. <laughs> a, a lot of, yes. Uh, a lot of cameos throughout um, that you may or may not enjoy. I don't know. I can't assume. I kind of enjoy them. Uh, <laughs> what What did you uh, think of this movie, Andrew? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Close to hating it. Close to hating it. So low side of didn't like it. Yeah. You? Um, still thinking on it. Huh? Well, no, I'm playing the comparison game. I much preferred this experience to Bo is Afraid. So, like, I I think low side of just okay is probably where I am. Um, okay. on this, uh, low side of just okay is probably where I land. So, uh, compared to you, I love the movie. And Absolutely, number one movie, of the year, favorite movie of the year is Ghosted. Uh, it's it's really fascinating for me to watch a movie like this because as we've already mentioned in our previous review it is so i wouldn't even say paint by numbers but it's just so constructed right you can just feel the the um the focus groups and the screen tests and how is the audience going to react to this and how are they going to react to that um you can just feel that kind of stuff as you're watching the movie it's so funny you said that because literally my first note right here is I, you could call this focus group of the movie. <laughs> it's just every single keyword they know gets people in seats, you know, and I will it's tell you, uh, an so unoriginal. A, a little interesting in, insight, I guess, into my world. Uh, and this is not new information, but I don't watch trailers. No. I'm not interested in... Uh, uh, doing pre-search on movies. Um, and so I go in as pretty much blind. Um, I went in and was uh, enjoying the nice rom-com. Uh, I had no clue this was a spy movie. Not a single solitary clue that this was a spy movie. And can I tell you, that moment worked for me. The moment where it starts to reveal itself, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. A moment that nobody else will experience because everybody else knows this is a spot, an action spy movie from the you know the moment they see it um, and a poster, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yes, right, like yeah, wh- wherever you see it. Um, but uh, but I was glad I had that experience. Um, but this movie is full of that for me of these little moments that work. Um, and the problem with a bunch of little moments that work is it doesn't make a complete. Uh, you know, good experience. It just means every once in a while you're like, Oh, that was fun. Oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, that made me laugh. Oh, that was kind of cool. Like if that's all you need, which by the way, that's what they're counting on is just that that draws you through to the next. Oh, that was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. moment. If that's all you need, you're going to have fun with this movie. Like, I don't know how to say this any more clearly. It's okay for you to like this movie. It's okay to like watch a movie like this and, and know it was focus grouped or screen tested, but 
I don't care. I enjoy Chris Evans and Chris Evans and Anna Darmus, and I'm having a good time. I completely respect that. Um, and I think that's even valuable in many ways to have these kind of, um, you know, grilled cheese sandwiches of, of a movie, uh, you know, that's just kind of this plain thing, um, that, uh, that, you know, it's just the basic, this is a very basic adventure spy movie. This, this could have been made in any decade. (laughs) Yeah. Other well, than I mean, maybe a couple of the effects, it's, but it's a it's a it's a gender swapped true lies. You know, that's all it is. I was thinking of a gender swapped night and day. Yeah, that's actually a way better comparison. Yeah, um, I had that thought a couple times. It, it reminded me of that. Although I will say, and I guess I'm already getting into negatives. I don't think either of us are going to have a ton of positives here. Um, but I, <laughs> I do have a couple more I'll get to. But I will say this now: uh, the chemistry between Chris Evans and Anna Darmus just did not work for me. Um, it's absolutely horrible. It's so <laughs> it's shockingly bad because even though they weren't like romantically involved in Knives Out, just the chemistry between them it was way more magnetic than it was in this movie. And in this movie, they're supposed to be a couple. It was. It was it was just a strange experience because I like them both in this movie individually, and this is one of my positives. Individually, I like what they're doing in this movie. I think Anna Darmus is a great action star. I think she's going to be a lot of fun, um, and she's got some more some more movies lined up that I think will emphasize this part of her career. And I think that's great. Um, and I always love hanging out with Chris Evans. He's just a fun hang, and I like his character here. I think it's you know just a tad different than the other characters we've seen him in. I think he's way, way too good at fighting in Spycraft for, you know, somebody that's never trained, but yeah, (laughs) but I got a lot to say about that. (laughs) Good. That's fair. Um, but I enjoy them. I enjoy them individually, but man, when the movie is trying to sell me on the, and the movie does it over and over again, get a room guys. Like, you know, and I get, it's part of the point that they're, you know, uh, just yeah, absolutely both, burying that joke uh, yeah. by how many times they use it. Um, but there's right from the beginning when they meet and somebody's like, man, the sexual tension was just through the roof. I'm like, was what it? sexual tension? There wasn't yeah. a drop. Like, uh, you mean just, they're both ridiculously good looking people? That is that, <laughs> you know what? I think that, you know, the, the whole, uh, uh, what would you call it? The formula for meet cute dialogue movies mm-hmm. It's it's uh, we, people have been catching on to it for years, but I think honestly, in this movie, it's so much more prevalent and evident mm-hmm. that if you have two incredibly good-looking people saying dialogue, it comes across. It it can try and come across as like a you know flirty and cute, mm-hmm. where you know that dialogue is not going to work for anybody else. Like the the stuff that Chris Evans gets into in this movie and the choices he makes before like the action goes off. I'm like, if that was anybody who didn't look like Chris Evans, he would end up on like some kind of watch list or something. <laughs> that is not healthy behavior. And the movie tries to wink at it. Like it tries to say, no, 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 we get it. This isn't healthy behavior, but it's just, it's not enough to, to offset it. I don't think, um, but it is, yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that they have zero chemistry and I think it's because they probably, neither one of them feels like authentic human beings, the way they're written. Like the dialogue is so, um, again, sharpened to within an inch of its life that it doesn't feel like real people, um, getting to know each other. This may be spoilerish, so apologies in advance, but I think that this movie could have done 
with a longer montage of them during the meet cute before we get to the action that way whenever there is that reveal the betrayal can seem more genuine and authentic mm-hmm. as opposed to the slapstickiness and kind of second-handed waving away at that we got in this movie mm-hmm. it, am i making sense or yeah, no. It's also interesting to me that the movie gets so slapstick, um, in which it does on occasion. And again, for me, sometimes it works. Sometimes yeah. it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't really bad. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, you know, the the inconsistency of the movie's ability to land what it's trying to do is, is frustrating. Because like I said, there are times I'm having fun during this, for sure. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just the fact that I... Because you talked about Anya de Armas and Chris Evans, and you like them by themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't. I didn't like their characters at all. But I there's one performance I did really like, and I don't know if it's just because it is a good performance or I just haven't seen the guy in so long that I just got happy to see Adrian Brody again. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, oh, it's Adrian Brody! What have you been up to? And uh, yeah, so what did you... Was he good or am I just... <laughs> what would, or am I just you know imagining it? Uh, um, he's fine, serviceable. He's, he's fine. I w- I wouldn't put him above anybody else or below anybody else. Um, okay, I think everybody's fine in this movie. Um, I mean, aside you know outside the main actors, I mean they're just they're they're just insert henchman piece here characters but yeah. you know but the the main the main people are all they're all fine this movie's how fine. Many, it's fine how many main henchmen does this movie have <laughs> like they're springing up like weeds well, i will I, say oh go, go ahead, ahead. No, go no no ahead. i want to hear you first because i do have a pro that i want to throw out and it's do something it. that we did hint at earlier there is a gag in this movie with a whole bunch of cameos back to back to back that was the highlight of the movie for me it's great. That, it's, I, I don't know why, but like that felt like those kind of jokes would have been, if they'd have done that type of humor throughout, I would have loved this movie. Like that kind of, it's not Zucker Abraham's brother or Zucker Abrams, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of comedy, but it's, it's really close. And it reminded me of Bullet Train for like five minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, this is Bullet Train. I like Bullet Train. Well, and, and it, then it, it went back to it. It makes sense then that you like Brody because I think Brody is the closest to maintaining that type of uh, zaniness and humor with his character. I think um, he knows what kind of movie sh- should be being he made. should be in. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think the movie is at its best when it's being a little weird and quirky like that. Um, and again, it happens on occasion. It's just so inconsistent. Um, yeah. I was going to, my main negative with this movie, I think it botches the landing more than any movie I've seen in a long, long time. I think <laughs> One the, landing. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. I think the end of this movie is terrible. I think the last set piece of this movie is is mind-numbingly bad. Um, so. I can't remember how it ended. Like, I just... I, maybe it was so bad that my mind is refusing to let me remember it. But I just remember the room beginning to spin, and then <laughs> the movie was over. And, and I was like, wait, what? Now, and now, talk, now talk about the movie. <laughs> now talk about the movie, yeah. Wait, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really, really bad. Really yeah. bad. It's like... It's like it's the movie's like, hey, you know how some movies have MacGuffins? 
We just decided to make our entire movie one big MacGuffin. None of it yeah. matters. None of it's interesting. Um, because, again, I think the movie wants us just to be invested in the relationship. I think that's the point. The movie wants us to see the entire spycraft plot as a MacGuffin, as something that just kind of drives our couple to you know, figure out what their relationship is. Um, yeah. And it's just it's annoying and nonsense and makes the entire final set piece uh, completely worthless. Yeah. I, whenever I watch a movie like this, I try my best to find something to like for it. Like if, if a movie went after my, after watching it, I'm like, yeah, I didn't like it. I always go back and I'm like, did this movie do something better than I've seen other movies do? And I can't think of one thing that this movie really shines at doing that any other movie doesn't. And for that reason, it's very, very hard for me to recommend it. Yeah, no, that's an interesting question. I like that question. I, I think if I tried to bring something to the front, put my finger on something, it might be that the gender swappiness of it is a... Uh, is something I don't see a lot of movies doing. Like it is, it is genuinely gender swap. Like, uh, oh yeah, not, not since um, the Charlize movie, uh, Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde. Not since Atomic Blonde have I really felt uh, a movie kind of go, no, no, no. Seriously, the female's the lead. Like this movie yeah. is definitely, you know, uh, Chris, uh. Chris, Chris Evans is he plays the uh, damsel in distress more than uh, than Anna Darmus does. So yeah. But here's my issue with that. You're 100% right on that. But my issue is, and I know Chris Evans really wants to broaden his acting abilities and, you mm. know, take on more roles with range as opposed to Captain America. But if you want me to believe Chris Evans in this role, don't have him look like Captain America. <laughs> How do you change that? No, oh, you can totally change it. And I'm not saying like... Uh, body dis like a uh, transformation. He doesn't have to go full Christian Bale or Joaquin right. Phoenix, you know. But I'm saying like there's a scene where they're like running up the stairs, and you can see his six pack through <laughs> his shirt, and he's like, "Oh, I can't run upstairs. I'm really out of shape." And I just want to punch him because he makes me so mad. Like you, you have no idea what out of shape is. Look, you can have a six pack and still. Not have great uh, cardio. cardio. Yeah, that is possible. But do you get what I'm saying, though? I like, do, I do, I do. If you want to, if you want this to work, you know, cast somebody who. And by the way, all of Anya De Armas's uh, fight choreography is next level. It is super good. She does a barrel roll over a guy while She's shooting great. him. Yeah, it was so cool. It was straight up out of like a Black Widow like choreographed fight scene. Yeah. But as far as as far as like Chris Evans, I want him to do more roles where he's, you know, you know, really stretching his acting abilities. Cause whenever he really goes for a role that's not Captain America and we get something like I don't even remember him as Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I mean but Gifted. Yeah, gifted. You know, just and I, and I say that in a way of like, you know, he he can do more than one thing. Yeah. So I just want him to do that, but he doesn't have to act like Steve Rogers every single time. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Yeah. 
Um, I don't know that I have a ton more to say about this. Uh, mm. I think we've kind of expressed our pros and cons and, and where we fall on it. Uh, any final stuff from you? Uh, no post credit scene okay. that I found anyway. Nope. Nope. Yep. I don't think there is one. Um, so that is ghosted. It is on Apple TV plus, uh, very much the kind of movie that Apple TV plus is, um, you know, trying to, to put out there. They, they definitely are really going for that middle of the road family fun kind of movie. So, um, so there you go. That's where that's at. It's ghosted and you can check it out there before we head on to our best ever challenge this week. A, another thank you to our Sif pop members. Thank you yes. for being a member of Sif pop. Uh, really do appreciate that. And just the fact that you would even go check it out and see what's there. We've got, uh, some fun bonus content that we do for our members. Uh, all of that is at Patreon, patreon.com slash Sif pop. Um, very 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 big thank you and a heartfelt uh, love to you for, for supporting what goes on here uh, alright let's get into the best ever challenge uh, best ever ghost movies and I don't mean movies with ghosts I mean movies that have ghosts in the title um, yeah. so we will go number 5 to number 1 if one of us has it higher than the other one we will trump we will trump it uh, I'll kick us off this week, Andrew. Yeah. Um, uh, might get trumped. I have Ghost in the Shell, the originally animated uh, Ghost in the Shell at my number five. Yeah, I'll trump that. Trump! All right, so what do you got at number five? Ghost. Swayze. Oh. Trump! <laughs> um, nice. But not for long. Uh, it is my number four. So you had it at number five. I had it at number four. Yeah. Um, Patrick Swayze, Ghost. Uh, it's interesting. It's one of those movies where I don't feel like I like it as much as everybody else does, but I still really like this movie. Yeah. Um, it's for some, it's, it's the quintessential romance movie. Yeah, yeah. Which I've never, I've never found it to be. I, you know, I think it gets uh, a little over its skis at times, but, um, but I think what sells it for me and the reason I'm, I don't hesitate to include it in the list like this or to talk about how I like it. Are the performances? I think Patrick Swayze is incredible in it. I think Whoopi Goldberg is amazing in it, and Demi Moore is astonishing in this movie. Oh yeah, um, she's so good. Uh, Tony so. Goldwyn is so evil. He's so evil. <laughs> so yeah, it is my number four. Any uh, thoughts from you? You had it at number five. I think it's funny because we were talking about Zucker's Abrams movies earlier, mm-hmm. and this is a Zucker's movie. So interesting. It's like, yeah, yeah. It's like Airplane, The Naked Guns. Ghost. <laughs> it's so unlike all those others. But yeah, uh, like you, I really like this movie. But for some people, this is the end-all, be-all romance movie. And uh, more power to you. It's not that for me, but I do really like it. Yeah. Uh, all right. On to your number four. Yes. So this is where I have the 95 ghost in the shell. Oh, we just kind of reversed our four and five. Very exactly. Nice. Yeah. Um. Wow, what a great concept. Spawned so many amazing... We wouldn't have The Matrix without Ghost in the Shell. It just wouldn't I be a thing. I certainly believe it would be different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the art style is amazing. The world building is great. The characters are so unique and fun. It's just a good movie. You know what? It's mm-hmm. And it's, it's easily accessible as opposed to what most people would consider an accessible anime movie. It's not like Akira where it's you really got to kind of, you know, appreciate anime to understand, you know, the 
whole body horror elements of everything. Mm-hmm. But no, this is uh, this is almost as good as the one with Scarlett Johansson. Almost. almost. Yeah. So so close. Uh, yeah. yeah, I only saw it fairly recently, within the last five years or so, and um, yeah, it's 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 really conceptually interesting, and then also the animation is is spectacular as well. So it yeah. definitely uh, held my attention enough to to land at my number five. Uh, all right, on to our number threes. I guess it's my turn for my number three. What you got? Um, the question is not uh, what I got. The question is who am I going to call? Uh, <laughs> I Me had, too. I had go. Oh, we both have Ghostbusters at number three. Yeah. Nice, nice. Um, yeah. Another movie that I feel like I don't love as much as everybody else, but I really, really like. Um, I think it's uh, Bill Murray is on fire in this movie, and he's so fun to watch. And those guys together are good. Um, the story is ludicrous and out there, and yet somehow I believe it, and it works. Um, you know, uh, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is one of the most interesting final set pieces a movie has ever come up with. Um, I think it's genius. <laughs> I just think it's genius. It is. Um, like So, uh, so yeah, Ghostbusters is my number three. This is where I fell in love with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the, the confident smart aleck is on full tilt in this movie, and I love every single moment of it. Because he... He he does everything. He's so cool. I mean, he's just so cool. And that he accidentally falls into this world and this job. Mm-hmm. But he still is able to carry that kind of Bill Murray charm. So, yeah. And, of course, the visual effects, the practical effects are great. The, the hellhounds, the Dozier dogs, mm-hmm. terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Gave me nightmares when I was a kid. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, it's not. It's a movie that's not. And a lot of movies in the '80s were like this, but it's yeah. it, it's not afraid to scare uh, the crap out of kids. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would uh, you right. <laughs> on to our number twos? But real quick, I have one question. Sure. Are you a god? <laughs> uh, a different movie. I will answer with the quote. Uh, well, maybe not the god, but uh, <laughs> a god. <laughs> but a god. Where to go, Bill Murray? <laughs> Um, uh, you're number two. Yeah. Number two, uh, at number two, I have, uh, one of, one of my favorite movies that's, that, uh, surprises people sometimes is a ghost story. This is 2017. It's a David Lowry movie. Um, very Casey Affleck. It's Casey Affleck. It's very much a tone poem. You know, it's not like, uh, fast moving in any way. Um, but I was, f- forgive the uh, the pun, I haunted by just what this movie is saying, what it's trying to portray, the idea of existence and meaning and in, in our relationship to importance. Um, it's really, really good. I, I, I really try to encourage as many people to watch a ghost story as possible. Um, I haven't loved, loved every David Lowry movie, but I do love, love this one, so... Uh, definitely worth uh, checking out. So, I wonder what the budget was for uh, the you know the costume in this movie. It's a great question. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> I I also should mention Rooney Mara is a, a big reason uh, as well. She's incredible oh, yeah. uh, in Ghost Story too. I I'm with you whenever it comes to Lowry. I I can think of maybe two movies, and believe it or not, one of them is Pete's Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. 
I agree. I, you know, like I just didn't like the Green Knight as much as I wanted to. That's, you know, the main thing. Um, And I get why people love it. It just did not impact me the same way a ghost story did. So, so, yeah. yeah. That's totally fine. Uh, My number two is your number one, so we can just go ahead and skip it. (laughs) Is it? Are you sure? Ghost Protocol. Trump! All right. What what is, what, uh, I guess we don't skip it. We'll talk about it now. Because we'll talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this movie. It's yeah. uh, it's so great. I mean, you know, I could talk about the Mission Impossible movies all day. I could even talk about okay. the second one. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, you, let's get our woo on, man. Yeah, Go- Ghost Protocol is kind of where I think the Mission Impossible series really just kind of locked into what it was going to be. Um, and I know we're not quite to... Um, uh, the director's name just slipped my mind. Oh, Brad Bird? No, no, no. The director of the new one, Christopher McQuarrie. I know we're not yeah. quite to McQuarrie, which is, you know, what it's just going to be from here on out, basically. Yeah. Uh, but the J.J. Abrams to Brad Bird, like, I, I just, I really love what they, they did with this. But this one, I think, um, just kind of sent it uh, into the, you know, oh, okay, these movies are always going to be awesome. Uh, level for me so yeah yeah and i think this is the one is jeremy renner in this one only or is he in the following i don't know if he makes an appearance again but it's it was so funny to watch him for this this time where he was just like oh maybe they're handing this franchise off to me nope (laughs) because he did that with born as well (laughs) nope nope it's impossible nope well i guess i'll be hawkeye yeah um yeah, I mean, there are some we we talk about every single time whenever we uh, whenever we bring up Mission Impossible, how every single movie has its one set piece mm-hmm. going all the way back to the first one. It's that one clean room where he has to hang, you know. Mm-hmm. And this one, when he's uh, you know climbing that skyscraper, Dubai, man, Dubai. Oh, and then that sandstorm rolls in. Mm-hmm. What an amazing set piece! I mean, the I think that is really where what is setting these Mission Impossible movies apart from a lot mm. of other action franchises is they know that, yeah, the movie needs at least one huge set piece, but they don't sacrifice the story or the tone or anything of that for an action scene. Mm-hmm. Everything makes sense. Yep. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, that brings us to your number one for this week's best ever challenge. What do you got? Yep, the ghost and the darkness. Yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, I beyond love this movie. It is uh, a lot of it has to do with the fact that it was my dad's favorite movie growing up, so we watched it all the time. And then I've been to Chicago into the Field Museum, and I've seen these lions, and I've read. Uh, Colonel Patterson's diary about, you know, uh, his, you know, building the bridge in Savo. Mm-hmm. It's just such a fascinating. This is the type of, uh, like, a awkward, weird. It's not paranormal, obviously, but it's like mm-hmm. a un, uh, unexplainable natural occurrences. I think of this or the Beast of Javoudan in uh, uh, France, you know, back in the 1700s. It's just creatures. Animals acting beyond like what we expect of them to a point where it seems malevolent, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's true. It's crazy that this is a true story. Yes, Val Kilmer's Irish accent is beyond atrocious. It's very, very bad. And he 
definitely, I have no qualms with him being nominated for the Razzie for that one, but the movie's good. The soundtrack for this movie is like in my top five soundtracks for a movie ever. Nice. So nice. good. Yeah. That's my number one. Uh, definitely good enough for me as well to have it my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah. Did you have any other honorable mentions you wanted to mention honorably? Uh, Yes, uh, honorably, no. But uh, I will throw out uh, Ghost Rider, the first Nicolas Cage movie. Because I think the second one's better. Am I? Am Spirit I the weird one? I think Spirit of Vengeance is a better movie. It's the the visual effects are way better for sure. Yeah. They're way better. Uh, but no, I think it's just the fact that I was like, oh, we're finally getting a ghost movie, <gasps> a Ghost Rider movie, <gasps> and Nicolas Cage is in it. Oh, it's he's gonna go, he's gonna go wild, and he it's really perfect. does in that second movie. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think that just the first movie is where I'm, it's simpler. Is Ghost Rider a a Marvel or DC? He is Marvel. Johnny Blaze. He actually, everybody thought he was going to be making a uh, an appearance in a She-Hulk mm. because the uh, the magician, his name was Tommy, or uh, uh, I think it was Tommy Blaze or something oh, like that. And everybody was like, ooh, because you could barely see out the sign in the background. Everybody thought it said Johnny Blaze coming soon, but it said Tommy Blaze, and now everybody was super mad. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, any others you wanted to mention? That's about it. Yeah. Uh, Ghost World is probably worth throwing out there. And uh, if you like old comedy Don Knotts, uh, The Ghost and Mr. Chicken is really, really funny uh, if you dig that kind of stuff. So I thought those were worth mentioning as well. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's move into our buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want people to know about? Andrew, kick us off. Crime. <laughs> I committed a crime and it was great. You should definitely not commit the crime I did. The crime I committed uh, it was watching a uh, fan edited film. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I watched a fan edit of The Hobbit. They turned The Hobbit into one movie. Oh, interesting. As it always should have been. Did it work? Were they able to, with the pieces, make it work? There are a couple segments where I'm like, yeah, you're... Uh, there." Characters like disappear. You know how Gandalf kind of like leaves on like his little mm -hmm. adventure, you know. But then he comes back. So yeah, you'll see Gandalf like not in the uh, the cut, while you see like the dwarves and Bilbo walking. But then he'll be back later. But other than that, yeah, it works, and it's so much better. It's so yeah. much better. It's just it was it was just. I mean, even before those movies came out, uh, I was saying it made no sense. Um, yeah, there's a there's a reason the Lord of the Rings is three movies because it's three books. Uh, yeah. And the Hobbit is a tiny one book. Why are yeah. why are we stretching it into a trilogy? That's the silliness. It is still four hours, but compared to the what is it ten nine hours mm -hmm. that the original cut is? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, I, I I did have a lot of fun. So if you are in the market for committing felonies, then <laughs> please <yeah>. don't. <laughs> uh, you you committed you a. Felony? Wow. Isn't um, it a felony? Oh, wait, I do no, not believe it's a felony. <laughs> I actually own all three movies on Blu-ray. All you did so was just I watch think, them in a weird order. That's all you did. I think I think the legality behind it is if you actually owned the movies, you can watch a fan-edited version without any criminal repercussions. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah. Buy all the Hobbit movies. But, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely trust my legal knowledge. <laughs> That's right. That's right. What about you? What you got, Aaron? Uh, just to make it clear, uh, this Not is an crime. entertainment show for entertainment purposes only. Yeah. Uh, my 
uh, buried treasure this week is Beef on Netflix. Uh, a lot of people talking about this show. I was going to start it tonight. You should. You should. It's really, really good. Um, I was really surprised at how much of modern contemporary Christian culture this show goes into um, and how it's used with the characters, I think, is really interesting and beautiful. And um, I think um, Stephen Young is just, I mean, he's just blowing my mind uh, in everything he does. Um, but this is a really interesting story that goes some really interesting directions. Uh, and it's funny. It's funny. There's some real comedy here, too. So uh, I will join the voices saying that beef is one that you definitely need to pay attention to. Good on netflix so that is beef on netflix and the hobbit fan edit on criming uh and we do we do not necessarily we don't condone crying because remember ladies and gentlemen just because it's a buried treasure doesn't mean we recommend it that is remember, true that is true so that's true i was just letting you know i potentially committed a crime well, we did it, Andrew. We managed yeah, we to do did. a podcast without committing any federal crimes. Congratulations. Well, and maybe one. Who knows? Maybe one. We'll figure it out. I mean, we had a good run. We, <laughs> we did. What we was did. it? Close to over 500 episodes without a crime? Uh, almost 400. Almost I think 400. we're at al- almost 400. We'll be at 400 in just a, f- just a few months. I think we'll be at episode 400. So there you we, go. Get, we should do a live show. Live, live show. We should. We should. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. And much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members Woo. for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at $3 a month. You can uh, check it out at patreon.com slash sifpop. Lots of fun stuff there. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Uh, or email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like it too. So let them know about it and that listening is much easier than beating on a Dharmas in a stair race. We will be back next week with the Summer Sum Game Picks. And we will see you then. It's my time to shine.